I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Very good. Uh, well, this uh, this episode, this episode seven, we are here with Jose Gonzalez. Uh, he's uh, one of the candidates for District Four Supervisor here in Kern County. Uh, just he is the last of the other uh, candidates, and we're just glad to have you on here. Well, uh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, before we get started, uh, I know a lot of us have seen some of the episodes already, and from the other uh, candidates as well as uh, we saw the debate on KGET. So I mean, it's just it's good to kind of see. Outside of that context, just straight discussion. So, I mean, whatever whatever happens here, we'll just go on with everything, man. Awesome. Um, so, before we get started, let's uh, have a little bit about yourself. Let's learn a little about it. Sure. About you. So, uh, well, my parents brought me in 19, uh, actually in 1980, brought me to the United States. I was born in Mexico in, in a little pueblito, actually not a pueblito, it's a rancho called uh, El Paso del Ganado in, in Mexico. Uh, closest town is Santa Maria, Tamasula. Uh, my parents brought me, and they, they're like, well, we, we need a better life for, for our kids. And uh, they knew that they couldn't get uh, the same quality of life in, in Mexico that they, we do here. So they brought me um, we, I, They brought me to the San Fernando Valley. Uh, I was, we were there for several years. I was raised there. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Um, my parents worked two jobs. And, uh, you know, I totally understand how our community struggles and, and all of that. So, and in uh, 1986, I got the opportunity to become a resident. Um, we became, I became a resident then. Uh, my parents always told us, you know, education, hard work, good ethics, um, and, you know, uh, education will take you far and, and help everybody along the way. And in 1997, I, I became a uh, I became a uh, citizen, and since then I just focus on education and um, as well as hard work and helping my community members around me. Um, I met my my beautiful wife in college um, at Cal State Bakersfield, so which was great. Uh, my son, I will always joke around because my son was born in 2003, and. Uh, you know, we didn't have a babysitter. And so the professors were like, well, we, we want to make sure that you graduate, Jose. So um, go ahead and bring him in. And we took him into class with us. <laughs> so we were like in sociology class. We were in uh, Spanish class. And my son was there. Um, I think he was more of an attraction for all the, everyone there. But uh, no, he, he was really quiet, polite. And, and uh, he was only, uh, at the time, he was only like one year old and... Uh, you know, uh, he, he, it was interesting times, but, uh, no, we, 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 we enjoyed it going through college and, and, uh, my son as well. He's like, yeah, this is interesting. Everybody's sitting around just paying attention to one person. <laughs> so, which was cool. And, uh, I graduated in 2004 from California State University of Bakersfield with a bachelor's degree in business administration. Um, and so, uh, my concentration was management and since then I've been in the financial industry. Um, in the financial industry, I've been focused on financial literacy, helping community members um, balance their checkbooks with profit and loss statements for and um, uh, balance sheets for uh, businesses as well as how to help them improve their, uh, 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 you know, their finances, their financial position, how to um, strategically think about investing, uh, how to uh, help their businesses um, as well as um, I've been part of helping community members with DACA, um, as well as um, 
community members wanting to become citizens. Um, I've been an advocate for comprehensive immigration reform, pushing for that. I really think that our community, our Latino community, um, deserves the opportunity to become uh, citizens and uh, become residents as well. Uh, well, we saw that uh, we learned a little bit more about the, the district realignment, how now well, we were, we were, you know, the new district alignment for District 4 is majority Latino. So, yes. I mean, of course, I mean, that's going to be important for those voting to, especially the Latino voters, to make sure that they choose the right candidate yes. to, to yes. represent them. Uh, now, you're, you said you had a little bit of experience in the financial. Well, you have experience in the uh, 14 financial. Years. 14, I have 14 years. 14 years of um, uh, managing in the financial industry. Um, and I got 20 years of management experience. Uh, with uh, those 14 years of, manage, of uh, managing in the financial industry, um, I've been managing the community's money, uh, being transparent and uh, helping them with whatever they need. So now do you say that this uh, experience that you have would translate a little bit into or a lot into what your role would be as a, as a county supervisor? Of course, because you're dealing with uh, the community's uh, money. You're dealing with the tax dollars. You're dealing with um, uh, county budgets. Um, that's what I do. Um, I deal with budgets myself, um, running a financial institution. Um, I deal with helping businesses when it comes to setting budgets, um, as well as, you know, managing um, my own employees. Now, I'm going to jump around. I, I had a little bit of an order I wanted to go, but I'm going to jump yeah. around since we're talking on finance right now. Um, yeah. I know we have that, uh, was it Measure I? Uh, is it Measure I that the, for the one cent increase? Oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a lot can be said different ways. Like what about, because the increase could, uh, some people can say, okay, it's, it's a catch-up. Mm -hmm. Or it's a it's a problem that could have been prevented that we shouldn't have had to have this one cent increase uh, through budgeting. So I mean, just your opinion on it and your maybe so, solution. So my, my opinion on it is, the county does have reserves uh, to give the sheriffs um, a raise. I understand uh, we all ha have to think about um, you know. There might be a crisis in the future. We need to plan for that, and, not, and that's good planning. Um, a 1% raise would definitely bring more revenue into, um, uh, into to the county, which could be utilized to give. And in this, uh, in this perspective, it looks like uh, this was the, the, uh, the sheriffs pushing for a raise for themselves, right? So... Um, it's very important that we do take care of our county employees and we do take care of our officers as well. And we need to make it attractive for them to continue in that position. Um, I think investing in our public employees, including our sheriffs, it's a good thing to do. Um, I would prefer to be protected than and have an infrastructure at least with our county employees where they feel comfortable in their positions and they see a future in their careers with the county, then nobody wants to be in in a position or in a career where they see that they're not going to get a raise, they're not going to get, um, uh, they can't see a future there. So, um, But I do see that uh, that would help the county, yes. So, I mean, when, when you see... Me, I was a little bit confused about how actually measure I was written out because mm -hmm. uh, some people say one thing, and I think even David Couch said something separate that he voted not for it. 
right? Because I believe he, he was against it because it wasn't, he didn't feel like it was correctly planned out the right way because it doesn't actually say exactly where. Because, like he said, money could go almost anywhere in that. So, does it actually say where the money so this, can go? So, I believe it goes into the general fund, but this is where you have to, as a community, make the right choice as a supervisor. Where is the funding going to go? We have to have transparency, and we need to make sure that our supervisors are transparent where the money's going. I think our community has lost that distrust with the current board that we do have because for years they've asked for more money. They've asked for uh, a tax increase. They've asked for um, – and people continue to ask, well, where's the money going? We can continue to pay taxes, but, you know, you continue to ask for money, but you guys aren't telling us where the funding is going. When we ask for – uh, sidewalks, when we ask for lighting, when we ask for services through through the county, there's never any money. And so we have to ask ourselves, who's, who's going to be the right candidate? Who's going to be the right supervisor? Should we just change the board as a whole because they haven't been as transparent as they should be? You know, in banking, they always teach you, you have to be transparent with the people that are in front of you. You do not want to... Uh, uh, you do not want to make you, you want to make sure that their community understands what they're getting themselves into, and so you have to be transparent. You don't build trust with your community if you're not transparent, and so I think our community has lost that kind of a trust with our supervisors because when we ask our roads to be fixed, they don't get fixed. Take a look at our, our roads ar- around the county. I think there was a report on KGET not too long ago said um, some of our best roads are at a C grade and the rest of the roads in our county are either a D or an F. I graded the the roads in the Lamont area at below an F. Why? Because there's when we've called the county for fixing the roads, there's potholes everywhere. They don't have money. And when you ask them to come out and fill up uh, fill the potholes, you know, a rain comes or something like that, and then the potholes are right back. They need some of these roads need to be resurfaced, and a lot of our communities see that the county hasn't been doing anything to um, fix the issue. Now we want more jobs, but we're not making the county more attractive by creating the infrastructure to do so. So if we have better roads, guess what? Truckers can drive through our county much easier. Um, they can go from I-5 to the 99 much easier. Um, you take a look at right now there's some work being done on 46. You take a look at where the warehousing is going on uh, 7th Standard over in Bakersfield. Well, 7th Standard doesn't go straight across all the way to the I-5. And that should go all the way across. If we want more warehousing, we want more uh, a big industry to come in to our area, we need to make it attractive. Um, as well, we have we have the labor force. We're, n- we're actually, Kern County has an affordable uh, labor force for most of these industries to come in and say, hey, you know, this is a great place to uh, bring my industry in. But we haven't, we don't have the roads. Um, we have not invested in, in education with our kids as much as we should. Um, some of our programs we've been cutting back. So we need to make it attractive for these industries to come in so that we can have more jobs here locally. 
I know that's already, and we see more industry coming because I think what, Amazon's coming in. We have more other ones. Just recently. Just recently. Just recently. Just recently. <laughs> but I mean, they are coming in. But yeah, I mean, yeah. when you think about how big Amazon is, if, yeah, if you're yeah. like me, I almost order everything off of Amazon. Yeah. But I mean, you see how much they're going to distribute within the area. Right. They need, they actually do need those roads. They I mean, need the roads. A yeah. lot of trucks, a lot of deliveries. Everybody's going to be going everywhere. They're going to need that. Because yep. without it, it's like, okay, well, then we came in here. It's it's, it's harder. We could have just stayed the same way we were exactly. before that. So the one thing I was looking at is um, they're just recently starting to take a look at Kern County. We need to make it more attractive for these industries to come in. Um, you know, in if you take a look at what the major industries are here, agriculture and oil, right? Primary industries. If something happens in oil, does it affect the rest of the, the? Does it affect our economy here? Yes, it does. And and if something happens in agriculture, it affects our econ. It helps. It well. It, it affects our economy here, and it affects our community. You know, I won't, I lived through the last recession in two thousand and eight um, in the financial industry, seeing that my community members were bringing me cars back. They were giving up their homes. They were giving up all their livelihoods because. They couldn't afford it anymore because they lost their jobs. We need to have more industries here in Kern County. We can't just depend on two. I don't want anyone to lose their job because they got to feed their family. They got to take care of their family. We need to help Kern County become a stronger economy, not just dependent on two, two industries. We need to have more than just two industries. A good banker will always tell you, don't put all your eggs in one basket because if something happens with that basket, You've lost everything. We want to make sure that we have several different types of baskets here in locally in Kern County. If we do that, our county will be much stronger because of it. And our community members and our economy will thrive. Just give me a little pause. So I know the when you when you think about that now. Delano, because I mean, this is Delano podcast news. So I mean, yes, I know. I think of our our community as a small community, but in reality, we are the second largest yes. city in Kern County. So I mean, it's kind of hard to say, oh, well, we're a small community, but we're actually the largest, and we're the largest for the district, district yeah. for the fourth district. So, I mean, I've I've looked around visually. I know, I don't know if it's not true. Don't, don't quote me on anything, but I mean, like. When we see presence between the other two candidates that you're running against, mm-hmm. uh, you're, I don't see your presence as much here in Delano as the other two. So, I mean, that's more what I want to hear from you. I want to see it was like, okay, as Delano itself, not just of the whole county, because, I mean, more of the residents here in Delano will see this, is what is your what are you going to bring to Delano? What is your priority to Delano as well as the other cities so we in have this I- district? We have issues here with water in, in Delano. The cost of water is um, very expensive. And so I want to work with the county and, and the city here and trying to resolve some of those issues. Um, I know that there is some work being done, um, uh, at least with the filtration of water, the access to water and all of that. But I want to work with the city of Delano to try and find um, grants monies to try and lower those costs. Um, if, if I don't have to pass on the dollar or the community or the county or the city doesn't have to pass on the uh, cost of uh, the infrastructure for water or the filtration system for water, um, you know, if we can get that from the federal government or get it through the state of California, 
by all means, I want to help the, the, the city of Delano not pass that on to you. Um, it's very hard when you start to see community members saying, Jose, it's very expensive just to water your lawn or to have access to water here uh, compared to Bakersfield or compared to any other area in the county. Now, I want to help with that. I've been, you know, the county has not been a great advocate of going or have great communication with the state or federal government when it comes to bringing some of those tax dollars that we've already paid for. I want to make sure we bring those tax dollars back and we use them wisely so that they don't increase our tax dollars. I don't want to see that. Um, I want to make sure that our communities, um, you know, have the right infrastructure. I want to see that Delano, for example, I want to see more affordable housing in Delano. We have a lot of farm workers here. We have a lot of community members working out in the fields. We have a lot of seniors. And so well, they're getting priced out of the market. So where are they going to live? We need to find better ways to bring affordable housing to Delano. And there's funding through the state of California to do that. Through CDE, we can bring, I'm sorry, not CDE, but uh, the Strategic Growth Council, you can bring that. Um, the And, you know, there's funding through there. But we don't have enough of it. The county has a, not a good track record in bringing affordable housing. Um, and that's one of the things that I do want to bring here to Delano is more affordable housing because people are getting priced out of the market and, you know, we want to make sure that they have a place to live. Now, we have a, I think we have a, not a measure, a proposition that's going this ballot which could affect, if it gets past, um, the price that's able to be rented. So, yes. so for rent prices. Um, I'm not too familiar. I just read somewhat on, on Ballotpedia and kind of yes. get a little bit of information on it. But, I mean, if it does pass, that could make it more – or it could make it, make it not as affordable as it is right now. Is that right? So if it does pass, um, what it will do is put a cap on how much they can charge you uh, for, for, for rent. So you got to take a look at who's for and who's against it. Um, if you take a look at who's against it, mostly are investors – who are investing? Um, that's why they're in the in the in the in the space of investing in uh, apartment complexes uh, when it comes to housing, um, because you know when uh, they have the cap capacity to be able to charge to a certain market rates. Um, well, if you take a look at San Francisco, who can afford San Francisco? Uh, I, I, I know the housing prices. We have. A couple friends that came yeah. in the San Jose area, which is like that oh Apple, God. Silicon Valley. It's ridiculous. I mean, we're looking at houses that are smaller than the average yep. here in Delano, and you get like three, four times the amount. And I mean, I think someone said that uh, there's like a rundown house within yep. a short area, mile radius of the new Apple campus. And it was like broken into something like you would see here in Delano. Yep. It's just been run down. It's abandoned. It's still sold for over almost a million dollars just yes. because of the area. And I was like, yeah, that would never happen in Delano. Well, <laughs> I got priced out of the market out in L.A. And, um, you know, it was getting super expensive just for education. And so what's happening here in the Central Valley, it's getting expensive. It's getting expensive for our farm workers. It's getting expensive for community members that just have a part-time job or are making a minimum wage. So... If they're getting priced out of the market to have a place to live or to rent, or then you know what are we going to do? 
Now, I don't want them to live out in the street. I don't want them to live in a house where they're uh, so, it's so compact. Now they have four or five different families uh, living in one home. You know, we've got we got to be humane and and find a way to find affordable housing for these community members. And so, Proposition One does that. That's some funding that's coming in. Uh, uh, that's a proposition that provides uh, some funding for affordable housing. Proposition Two does the exact same thing. Um, and you know, there is funding through the state that has been available that we have not applied for. And so I want to make I want to make sure that Delano has access to affordable housing. Um, I want our community members that work out in the farms, that work out in the fields, that uh, work just in retail alone and not making biggest salaries, have a place to live, a place that it's affordable to them. Yeah, because I know uh, you see a lot of workers here. You get a lot of teachers. You get a lot of yeah. uh, prison uh, guards, uh, correctional officers. And yeah. I know that's a big part of the employment here in Delano because you got – you still have a lot of people that drive out of town, but you yes. still have a lot of people that want to move here because, I mean, they live so close. We have two prisons here. And some people would say that that does drive up the price a little bit because... I don't agree with that. You don't agree with that? I do not agree with that because there's a lack of competition. Usually when you have competition in a market, okay, right now there is, uh, there's a high demand for, for housing, right? But there's not a lot of supply. So when there's not a lot of supply and there's a lot of demand, that's going to drive up the price. Simple economics. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, you got to get competition in the community of Delano. Um, affordable housing or developers that do affordable housing will cause that competition. And guess what? Then there's enough supply. When there's enough supply, prices come down. And so right now what's happening in the economy, well, interest rates are going up. So people are less likely to afford some of these high-valued, high-expensive homes. So what's going to happen is the market all of a sudden is going to become either stagnant or the prices are, are going to start to come down. But if we can start getting competition in Delano by bringing other developers, including uh, developers that do affordable housing in Delano, your pricing should come down. Now, when we look at affordable housing also, I mean, an important thing is also business because yeah. uh, without the available businesses, uh, shopping, retail, food, uh, entertainment, uh, yeah. without that, I mean, a lot of investors would see it as not appealing because it was like, oh, well, there's not enough to offer. How do we know that our investment is going to have good return? So, I mean, uh, what's your take on as far as bringing business uh, and entertainment and other modes for, for people I here am in this a proponent. Community. So I'm the president of the Great Lamont Chamber of Commerce. And so I'm a pro-business guy. Um, I think the county does not do a good enough job to support small businesses. I think they could do better. Um, if you take a look at our small business owners here locally, they have a difficult time either uh, most of the time they're, you know, in their business, they're, uh, they're the ones running the business. How do you take them out of their business to start planning for the next few years? How do you get them out of their business so that they can, per- they can invest in the community as well? We want to make Kern County attractive, right? Delano is one of the, is the biggest city in, in the 4th District. 
Delano is actually one of the best cities to make a, uh, uh, to bring bigger industries as well. But I want to take care of the small business owners too, because if you take a look at, you have wonderful here, big employer, great employer, but wonderful used to at some point be a small farm, mom and pop farm. Why aren't we supporting our small uh, business owners and giving them some of the benefits that the bigger corporations get so that they can invest in the community and become bigger and employ a lot of our community? I want our small business owners to start spreading out all over the county, not just stay uh, in one area. Why does it have to be other companies coming in instead of us going out? I think that if we support our small business owners, we'll be much more successful. I, I understand that because, I mean, as a small business owner myself, I mean, I see competition to large business, yeah. so large corporations. I mean, sometimes there's things that you just can't compete with them on, and then other times there's like, oh, well, there's things they can't offer because they're a, a corporation or a large business, so they can't offer the personal or customization or any kind of yeah. different touch that a small, locally-owned, family-owned business can offer. And, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, I, w- I would like to see more. I mean... Yeah. I was talking Del- to... Del- Delano, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, Delano, is, I mean, when you think about... I, I think about Delano Small Business. I think about restaurants because yep. I mean, we have a yep. lot of good restaurants. And I've said this to the other supervisors and everything. And I said, yeah, you have a lot of small yeah. restaurants, mom and pop, and that's what's great about them. Um, and a lot of people will go out and say, well, we still want like an Applebee's or Chili's or something else to come in. And I was like, well, like you said, yeah, they started out small. Just McDonald's was one location mm-hmm. and now they're a worldwide franchise. I mean, they could do the same thing here in Delano. We could exactly. offer that same startup for all of these people that want to start a, a new type of business here and grow it and to be like, hey, that started in Delano. Started well, I, in was, Kern County. I was talking to a small uh, restaurant here, a mom and pop restaurant, and they're like, Jose, we just need to make uh, more incentives for our small businesses. Provide them training, provide them support, as well as guide them and help them get their permits that they need so that they can compete with these. We're not asking for a lot. We're asking for support. And that way we can compete with some of these companies and we can employ our local community members and we can become bigger, just like these uh, bigger companies that used to be a mom and pop, you know? Yeah, I I know what you mean by that because, I mean, it, it all starts within. Yeah, it all starts within there, and and we need to stimulate that. Yeah, here we, in this county, and we we give tax breaks to big corporations coming in. Well, the small business owner, the mom and pop, doesn't get that same benefit. We I mean, we try and make it attractive for uh, bigger corporations, and and take a look at what kind of incentives we can get them to get. Yes, they provide. A lot of jobs, right? When they do come in, or it could be debatable on how many uh, how many jobs they do bring in. But um, if we can figure out a way to make it give those type of incentives or some type of incentives to our small business owners and support them, we could lead in in our county and other and uh, have our business owners grow. They can sparkle all over. Just like we have Wonderful, we have Grimway. You know, these companies 
then, you know, they, they sell their product all over the world. Why can't we have our small business owners have the t- same type of incentives, something that would benefit, that would allow them to grow? We need to spark that here in Kern County. Now, taking this kind of in the same direction, but a whole different direction at yeah. the same time, <laughs> Uh, I, I I did have the opportunity to watch your your debate on mm-hmm. uh, KGT, mm-hmm. and that I kind of just that's what I like about doing this podcast is that we can kind of go in more into depth and it's just a, instead of the the two minute oh you're done or let's just go back and forth we can just sit and discuss this as yeah. long as you want it's open. Um, now I did notice that now when you say small business stimulating and bringing it, there's all kinds of small business and one big thing that we see on this bell is Measure J and K yes which is the cannabis and yes. A lot of people have their own opinions. A lot of people say it's good. Some people say it's bad. Sometimes it's fifty-fifty on that. Right. And I believe you did say that you voted. You did. You were in for the medicinal, but not for the adult use. Correct. And um, so, like, just elaborate on that because I mean, some could argue what you're saying about yeah. the small businesses. Like, well, technically, those are small businesses, and as we see the inevitable future that it right. is going to grow right. in California in this county, because I mean, you've seen it when you go to LA. Yes. You see, you trying to drive to Disneyland, you got billboards yeah. of adult use, come here, go there. Yep. I mean, it's there. And I mean, I haven't looked into it because I'm not that interested in that. But yeah. I mean, some people will say that it has brought in a lot of tax dollars. So I mean, as far as stimulating that growth and supporting measures like this that could eventually be a good thing to help out in the county, what's your take on that? So here's with. Those two measures, I take a look at, okay, I have two kids. And I have a difficult time with even the two measures. You know, how are we going to protect and keep this away from kids? Um, and this is where I see the county as a whole struggles with this. Um, because we're a family county. We believe in family. We believe in uh, our family values. But when we're not, you know, you take a look at the current, we've had several issues with the current dispensaries that have been around town. You know, you know, how do we regulate them? How do we keep the product away from kids? I was talking to, not too long ago, actually at one of the uh, debates at CSUB. Well, the federal government, and, um, you know, it's still illegal with the federal government, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm a banker. And I know that uh, banks can't take those funds in. So what's going to happen um, with these dispensaries? Where are they going to make their deposits? Where is these fund- these dollars going to go? We don't want uh, to have issues at these dispensaries. We had in Bakersfield, there was a dispensary that was holding too much cash that got robbed. We don't want these dispensaries to be targeted. And so we need to solve the issue of where is their funding going to go? How is this going to be protected? Because the last thing we want is, um, you know, uh, them being targeted for whatever reason and including not only their product, but now for the dollars that, they're, they're having to carry in their, in their stores because they can't get an amount to a financial institution. Um, those, those questions haven't been answered yet. And that be, creates problems. It can create uh, problems of crime uh, being uh, attracted to that area. Um, 
My other question is, okay, there's not enough regulation on how we're going to keep this away from our kids, um, our families. Uh, I understand uh, to a certain extent some of it that's been around, but currently we've had issues with the current dispensaries here locally. And then we've also had uh, not enough support. Um, do we have enough tax dollars that are going to provide protection for these dispensaries as well? Um, you know, uh, for medical use, I think, um, you know, people do need it, uh, for, uh, whatever they're, uh, they're, they, they have issues with, but, um, you know, bringing it out as a whole and I'm a pro business person, but if we can get those questions answered and tell me, okay, then let's take a look at it. But as of right now, those questions are still up in the air. And the last, the last thing I want is um, somebody to lose their life for, for no reason. Um, you know, uh, it just, it's, a, it's a difficult um, uh, scenario, at least right now, because we haven't had all the answers um, to, to this. And I think we could take a look at it and um, try and see how we can best suit here in Kern County. I'm just trying to think real quick. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a touchy subject. So, I it mean, is. there's a it lot is. to think about. And some people probably won't think about what you just said. It was like, I didn't even really think about it. I didn't know that you couldn't, that they couldn't make bank deposits like a regular business. No, they can't. Which makes sense because, I mean, they're dealing if, with a certain substance. Well, th think about it this way I'm a financial institution. Who regulates financial institutions? Federal, Federal government. government. So, where do they go? And then um, you also have uh, the uh, currently uh, credit unions are monitored by NCUA, which they follow whatever um, FDIC does, which is the federal government. So, and so, so is it because that they're federally protected and the federally, and federally chartered are protected, and so they will do whatever the government says. So they they go directly by federal law since Correct. it is a, a schedule two or schedule one. Can't remember which one it is. I can't remember. <laughs> it, it is it's a it's a yeah. scheduled drug. So I mean it, it's considered yes. illegal federally. So I mean obviously the bank that's probably that's the reason why that's they the reason the bank can't take. Yeah, exactly. So I think we need to work through federal government, and if this is going to be allowed through um, all 50 states, then, you know, you might as well change that law. Um, we, I know that we have some states that have, have already approved it, including California. So we need to get these, uh, start having these states pressure and start thinking of how are we going to address these issues. And if these, um, the majority of the states have already said yes, then, hey, by all means, listen and let's solve this issue. I mean, you kind of look back at that same thing when you look at alcohol prohibition. Yeah. I mean, alcohol yeah. went underground. Well, first it was legal in a way, and then it there was prohibition, and then it yep. was all underground, speakeasies, everything, and then it came back because they couldn't regulate or they couldn't really fight it. Right. And you can kind of see a similar thing with, exactly. with that right now. So it's like you got to kind of meet halfway on it, even at the state level, even though it's not federal because – I mean, it's going to go underground, and I think they did say that on the on the debate that you had. It was like mm -hmm. it going underground. I mean, that could be even worse thing 
for everything just going completely underground than to have some sort of even just medicinal. But I think this county. is where we as a community need to pressure the federal government to find a resolution to this. We cannot allow, um, you know, uh, this to go underground or, you know, I know it's been underground, yeah. but it's been underground, but um, we need the federal government to make a decision. Um, if states are already approving this, then the federal government needs to make a decision. Um, we cannot, they need to find resolutions to this so that our communities are safe. We can't, we can't just uh, uh, all of a sudden just decide, well, we're going to do it here, but the federal government is not supporting us on it, and which could make un- unsafe for some of our communities. So we need to bring the federal government to the table on this to make a decision. So transitioning to the last topic I just want to go over is um, the immigration issue. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. that was another thing that that brought up a lot of time on that other debate. And, I mean, a lot of other candidates, even our city council candidates that we've had on here, have had a little bit of input as regards to immigration. Some of them are immigrants, just like yourself. I'm an immigrant. Uh, And so, I mean, and then you touched on a key thing when you said that you came... You 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 were brought over here, right? Um, yeah, and my, then, my but, parents brought me when I was. But a kid. you you became a citizen, yeah. And you you're of course educated. You graduated Cal State Bakersfield, and that was one thing that we brought with uh, Brian Osorio because he was about uh, a civil defense fund for the city mm-hmm. for immigration. And one thing that we touched on that I touched on was that education. Yeah, because like you said, you learn, you educated yourself yep. on everything. So I mean, maybe it's not a Thing that we have to pass laws or sanctuary cities. I mean, I, I know some things can affect that where you lose certain federal funding for something or they might threaten certain federal funding. Yeah. And uh, they, the education could be more because you could have classes where you could teach the people. They could mm-hmm. learn more. They could become citizens. They could become voters. Yeah. Which would further this great state, great mm-hmm. nation that we have. So, I mean, in regards to all of that, what what is your stand? I'm, I'm, so, I'm going to give you I'm a gonna, little I'm more. I'm going to share with you a little bit of of my experience as as an immigrant. When I was a child, and a police officer would come anywhere near uh, our vehicle, or my parents or my mom come in and they would see a police officer right next to them, my mom would all of a sudden jump into prayer. And I never understood why. As I grew up a little bit, started to noticing every time that happened, all of a sudden a police officer pulled up. She would jump into prayer. I finally asked my mom, what happened, mom? Why, why are you crying? And she would be like, mijo, we don't know if we can, if this uh, officer, I can trust him because... I want to make sure that you guys have the best life possible. That's why we came to this country. But this police officer might send us back. I don't want my community to fear any police officer. They should have the trust to go to any officer for anything. If I can't trust the officer to... with anything, including just being able to talk to them. If a crime happens, we're less protected. 
community members fear that they'll get deported. Yeah, my mom feared for our well-being when she took us to school. She would cry because she didn't like having that feeling. When 1986 came around and I became a resident, that was our pride and joy in our family. We celebrated that we became residents. Now we were going to be able to have a better future, an opportunity for a better education, an opportunity to provide for ourselves. But living in fear in our communities, having to fear our own police officers, I don't wish that on anybody. I have a good relationship with the sheriff's department. I have a good relationship with the police department. Can our immigrant community have the same relationship when they know that the sheriffs can turn them in? That a police officer could turn them in? When you've lived through that experience, then, you know, things need to change in order to feel safe. You know, my parents came to this country to provide something for me and our family. They wanted a better life. Our farm workers that are out there working really hard every day, that's what they're doing, providing for their family. They're not here for anything else. They're not here for a handout. They're here to provide a better life for their family. They shouldn't leave in fear. If they're okay working out in the fields, then they should be okay and should not have any worry of a police officer pulling them over and having, having to worry that they're going to get deported. We had an incident here in Delano that should have never, ever happened. I should have never chased these community members at high speeds. They should have never. They were out working. They should have, that should have incident should have never happened. When, when community members can't trust their police, then no, no crimes will get solved. Then... Who's the, who, what happens in that community? Well, you can't talk to the police because I can't trust them. How will they provide you information if something's going on in that community? That, that's why I believe the sanctuary state at least gives them some relief. Some. Not a lot. Because ICE can come in whenever they like but at least gives them some relief where they can say, I can have a relationship with the local officers. And they can, if something happens in the community, they can help by providing information. That's why, because of the experience I lived when I was a child, I've always been a proponent of officers working with children. Programs where officers uh, work with children because I don't want them to fear the police and what I do want them to inspire to be a police officer, them wanting to be, be that or go into that career. But I had to live through, when I started to understand that, when my mom started to explain that to me, I wasn't as trusting to the police officers anymore. 
till I finally became residents. Gave me an opportunity to, you know, live the American dream, which is what our immigrant community came here to do. I can relate to that, and I, I, I see that. I mean, it, it's a very good point that you touched on and a very good example that you've given to. And I mean, I hope that all of the residents, all the voters that see this, I mean, take everything that you've mentioned, yeah. everything you've talked to into account, and then choosing who they believe is going to be the best candidate to represent their district or yeah. our district here. Yes. Yeah. So um, before we do end this, uh, any last remarks, any last um things you would like to say to the voters or anybody who's going to view this? What I would say to the community is do your research. Take a look at the propositions. Take a look at uh, the slate of candidates. Really think about what's best for your family, your future, and who really can support your values. Who will really support what we need here in Kern County? I'm an immigrant. I'm living that American dream, the opportunity that I was given. I want that for our, our communities. I want them to be successful. I want our kids to be successful. I want our kids to have the tools that they need so that we have a better economy in the future. I also want our local community members and seniors to have that opportunity as well. But we can't have that if we don't come together, work together. I've always worked with collaboratives and coalitions and I do that for a reason, because I want input from my community so that together we solve things. And I've always done that, work with collaboratives and coalitions. I will continue to do that and I will continue to support my community and anything they need. I'm not just saying one segment of group of community members, I'm saying all community members, because there's poverty in every demographic, and everyone should have the opportunity to succeed in life. I always believe human beings come first before anything else. So if you believe that too, then vote Gonzalez for supervisor for the 4th District. Well, thank you very much, Jose. It was, uh, it was great having you on here thank for you. this episode. Uh, everyone, we thank you. This is our final uh, episode for the supervisors. Uh, we do have more for Delano City Council and hopefully for our uh, assembly uh, that will be joining us right before the election. And we still have time. Uh, so make sure if you do know anybody uh, that hasn't voted or that's still waiting to determine, check out all of our episodes. Again, thank you thank again. You. And you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.